Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Player X here from the Semi Limited Podcast. Just want to thank all you guys for tuning in on a weekly basis, all the love you guys show us on a daily basis, and all the content that we turn out on a, I would say, minute basis. <laughs> all is thanks to you guys. So thanks for all your support and love for the podcast. Is what keeps us going. For those who don't know, uh, maybe some artists would, but you can Spotify wrap up your year and it tells you all of the favorite artists and songs and uh, even podcasts that you've been listening to all year. So I was going through the stats for our Spotify year and we have uh, pretty good numbers across the board for being so new to the scene. And I was uh, really, really thankful and um, appreciative for it. And we had 40 plus of our viewers have the semi-limited podcast as their number one podcast that they listen to. So I just wanted to take a second and say thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for you guys, honestly, for, you know, messing with us and having a good time and enjoying the content that we push out. And we, we try to get the nitty gritty and the, uh, the raunchy out there for you that you won't be able to hear anywhere else. And I just appreciate that some people are actually uh, taking the ramblings of a crazy man actually uh, to heart. So... I appreciate you guys for that and we can't wait thank you enough for a great launch here and we hope to bring only better things for you guys in 2024 uh but with that being said we have a couple things in the docket that we're going to get into a special guest that i want to introduce who's been lurking in the uh the background so we'll get him out there but before we do all of that uh as usual we have to do all the plugins so please go to our link tree link down below in the description box to follow all of our social sites if you click that link a tab will pull up with all of our social sites and followings and distributions on there which you can click to listen to the podcast follow us on sites like youtube or instagram maybe our facebook page x whatever you want to uh even if it's just i mean something like our TikTok where we're doing our short form content all of it's available right there in that link so you can click on there follow everything uh subscribe notification bells all that jazz you guys know the, the deal uh, our giveaways, as we usually do, will be on the numbers of 50 followers for TikTok, 100 followers for X, and then 200 followers for IG and YouTube. So be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend, to share it with another friend, to share it with their mom, so that way we can get these followers and give more back to you guys for giving so much support back to us. Speaking of support... We want to shout out to Unplugged Gaming in Manlius, New York for sponsoring the podcast. Be sure to join their Discord server in the description box below to be a part of their TCG community. You can join that Discord and be a part of their Yu-Gi-Oh! community, their Lorcana community, their Magic community, their Digimon community, their One Piece community. It doesn't matter what card game it is, including board games. They all have a community down there for you. So go find a card game that you might want to sync up with. And if you do go into the store be sure to say that the boys over at semi-limited sent you and they'll be sure to hook you up uh joe actually just recently hooked us up with a recent copy of valiant smashers that we'll be giving away to one lucky subscriber we will probably most likely do something maybe on one of the social medias as far as a giveaway but we may actually switch it up and do a giveaway on brad's stream which i'll now plug in because you can catch brad aka mr perfect live streaming on twitch every saturday night at 11 p.m east standard time that's the east coast for those who are outside of the u.s uh his switch will be in our link tree down below and i was thinking about maybe uh having him take the box and giving it away to one lucky person on the stream everyone who's showing love maybe uh the most interactions for the night or something like that we'll figure it out they might earn us themselves a nice little box sponsored by unplugged gaming so two birds one stone and our last announcement before we get into today's episode will be the last episode of the year you guys are listening to the last guest we're gonna have on but 
that's just the last solo guest. The next uh, episode, we're going to have a very live panel of guests from the discography. And we're going to bring them on for one last hurrah for 2023, leading into 2024. And that is going to be a live recorded podcast, meaning you, the listener who is listening right this second now, can be a part of that process by joining our Discord, which is also in that link tree link down below, and being in our Discord as of Friday, December 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Sharp. Once again, 8 p.m. on the East Coast of the USA for those who are not located in the USA. Uh, so be sure to join there and then you'll see all the instructions on how to participate. We'll have the panels. You can come and give your opinion, be a part of the episode, hear yourself live on the episodes as it plays back, and obviously have all the fun in the world with not only myself, but everyone else as well. So once again, the end of year live recorded podcast episode will be Friday, December 15th at 8 p.m. But now that all that stuff is out of the way, and you guys are done hearing me talk, I can introduce our guest for tonight. I actually was scrolling through YouTube, and I, I do like to show love to the little guys, you know, here and there, being a little guy ourselves. And I was uh, watching just, you know, cars that we should probably be looking out for. I'm a big market watch buff, as some people m might know, especially uh, some of the guests we've had on, like Team Sakurazo, V Paisano, obviously uh, Autumn's Allure. Uh, but this guy I stumbled across, and I loved the information he had, and I reached out to him. He said that he was ecstatic to be on the podcast and to give his thoughts to you guys. So I, what other uh, way to celebrate having our last guest and with someone who's eager to be here. So without any further ado, I want to introduce to you guys the YouTuber known as Vengeful Shadows. Hey, thank you, Player X. I do appreciate you having me on the podcast the semi-limited podcast by the way i do love that name it's like really sick i do i like the player x title as well man like it's good <laughs> well so. semi-limited was supposed to be with me and a buddy of mine for some people who do know from our beginning days uh but he decided to go do his own thing and walk his own path so he pat you know he left but it, it was a play on words that there was two of us talking about yeah. the ramblings of Yu-Gi-Oh things but you know now it's just me and a guest so it's not a big deal it's still semi-limited semi-limited brain here yeah exactly. exactly it works out it works out but I do Absolutely. appreciate you having me on, and I'm definitely glad you uh, liked the top 10 cards to be picking up for 2024. Is there anything, like, on that list in particular you were a fan of, or...? I mean, I personally like that. I mean, because I'm pretty sure you had the, the Bellstar package on there as well. I like that Correct. some people didn't call that the Flamburgs at $3 were actually going to rise, but now Flamburgs <laughs> are even seeing the increase of, like, 13 upwards of, like, $15. So cards like that in archetypes that you, you, you recommend also... You, including chorus cards. I think you mentioned the chorus cards in there as well. Some of those ones that you may not think are going to be played. I mean, Amsteady's obviously the best one, but there's going to be obviously more than just one good card. So it's better than you to have the other ones before they go up in value too. So things like that definitely uh, were cards that I think that are really good. And I didn't want to spoil the whole list because there's, there's yeah, a bunch no, of meta relevant exactly. ones too, but there's also ones that you wouldn't see from a couple formats prior that might shock you to be as one of the best cards from 2023. So I actually enjoyed the list. And uh, for those who don't know, you can go check out his YouTube. I'll also link that down in the description box. So you can uh, check out his, his uh, channel, which has a lot of market watch as, as well as informative uh, format info for the um, meta game. Yeah, no, and we also try to, like, talk about some cards, like you said, that will be relevant in the upcoming metas, especially when you look over at OCG. And I know our formats aren't the same, but no one can deny that OCG heavily, you know, um, 
kind of foreshadows what we're going to be expecting to see, at least to yeah, some part influences. in the TCG. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, like, yeah, they got the Maxi, they got the Call Advise and everything, like, you know, kind of like the Master Duel package that you got to put in every deck. But besides that, whenever you see, uh, for instance, like, Snake Eye or, like, this Bonfire combo going off, like, I'm pretty sure, like, all the top three decks over there are all playing it. So it's like, you're going to see that here. Like, there's no denying that we're going to be seeing all that package come here to the TCG Absolutely. when it gets released. I think that the the OCG for sure is like the innovators of like mo most of these decks, because obviously they get the cards first. Mm -hmm. Their card pool is a little bit wonkier than ours, but they have access and ability to fiddle with the cards uh, IRL longer than we do. But I, I definitely think the TCG amplifies the game to a, a different level. Like we may take the things that we see that going on in the OCG, which is more of a control stun based format for those who don't really know about the OCG. And we kind of uh, take it and we put our combo decks in, we put our aggro decks and whatnot. But uh, it's definitely a different style between both of the OCG and the TCG, but they definitely come up with a lot of the concepts, but we definitely make them way better, I feel. Yeah, yeah we, we seem to perfect it. I mean, that's why they like Dragon Link and we take it to Worlds and win, you know? So yeah, exactly. That's how for that sure. goes. Shout out Pauly. Yeah, shout out to Pauly. That was uh, that was definitely something to watch that live. I mean, that was mm. about time we got that that gold star, you know. Um, Absolutely, we we just needed someone to be a good noodle. That's exactly. It. Just one of them. Hey, hey, well, he, he's a beast, <laughs> now we can so start. Just like a NFL player, or sorry, just like an NFL fan whose team finally won a Super Bowl, we can just start talking shit for the rest of the year. That's hey, exactly. Really it, you know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but before we get into today's episode, uh, do you have any shout outs or anything like that you want to give note to, or anyone that you want to, you know, give a how do you do? Oh or no, maybe absolutely best like biggest shout out i gotta say i mean obviously like all my friends who support me and everything like that shout out for you for having me on and checking out the channel and all the people who watch like the vengeful shadows uh youtube i do appreciate you guys and then the biggest shout out goes to like my basically partner in crime thug 314 that's his gamer tag uh he helps me all the time with the uh thumbnails and just kind of ideas in general i get to bounce a lot so, of my ideas off of him and just really helpful having a second opinion, especially when I'm completely wrong about stuff. So it's mm -hmm. always nice. So just huge shout out. Oh, to I agree. He, I'm, you know, he, he's the number one, like for sure. We always got to shout out the people in the back too. I'll actually oh. shout out our mod and uh, basically any, my, my whole tech guy too. His name is mm -hmm. uh, Trent. And uh, most guys in the Discord know him as Mr. Teaster. But yeah, mm -hmm. I'll shout out to him too. Cause a lot of the guys in the background that don't get the, uh, I would say the fame, uh, yeah. maybe not even the credit they deserve, but definitely deserve like a, a piece of that pie because they put in just as much work as the, oh. the faces of most of these brands. A so. thousand percent, some of them even more. And like, I, I gotta give one more shout out too. I'm glad like I kind of thought of this. Okay, so it's my buddy, Mr. Kodak. And he also mm -hmm. does some YouTube. I'll be honest, like you'd probably be really interested in this guy. He He's a beast, okay? Ooh. So he tops like i've gone to him to ots tournaments he has won them okay he wins uh, like locals ots's he will top regionals okay he is a very very good player so that's mr kodak with the m1 ster i think it's underscore k-o-d-a-k i think so and he streams as well on the twitch but he is uh really really good so whenever those decks come over from ocg to tcg and he gets a hold of them he definitely uh 
performs with them to the highest. Start your engines, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he, will, <laughs> he, I'll be honest, man. He's someone that like he's not big time. So some of the big time people will see his uh, decks, and then you'll see those decks start like arriving at tournaments, and he just doesn't get enough credit. For so that. he's the OCG. Oh, he's just implementing it, and yeah, then no, now all these yeah, major players. That's are what I'm saying. Like, and it. I've yeah. been like watching him play for well over like ten years or more, and like it's just the time after time again. So again, he he's someone where if you want to see some someone just beating ass with some meta, that's the guy. Or even off meta stuff, like that's the guy you wanna check out as well so big shout out to mr actually Kodak. yeah shout out to him yeah 100 yeah. percent. Uh, hopefully uh i can reach out to him we'll see oh, what bro. we can do about getting yeah him on you the, you, uh, you would love him he, he's awesome i want to have every single duelist i think on this podcast that went hey, to a there form, you go that's so. the goal man that's, that's a good goal. goal to have right yeah. <laughs> Gotta uh, but getting into today's uh ep- <laughs> yeah big facts right <laughs> but getting into today's episode we have a couple topics on the docket today uh but let's start with the 2023 ots charity events that took place over the weekend for those who don't know or don't attend their local events on a you know regular basis the charity events are usually konami's ways of giving back to the community in more ways than just giving us cards and a ban list every once in a while typically in the form of like a food drive or some sort of like clothing drive or something most people don't know that used to be you would have uh, five cans of like canned food uh and you'd basically go to your local ots with your cans foods with you and you would wager cans of food as your actual like basically prize against your opponent and the more you'd win the more cans you'd have at the end which you can then redeem for uh basically prize support uh for the past weekend we had our ots charity event we had about like 24 players who attended uh, we all donated five cans each, uh, so we had basically over 100 plus cans, and it was like 127 plus because I think more people uh, brought more than five just in case. Our locals is pretty much like that, and uh, so we good job to everyone for you know committing to the cause. Well, where usually you would raid your your actual food cans with your opponent this year, though they switched it up and they actually made it so that way you were given alternative. Uh, star chips by konami so there was like a little sheet that was given out some people saw it if you didn't see it it's on our instagram which you can find in that link tree link down below and we had a post where we showed it what it looked like when you had all five star chips that's still attached to it and then what one player looked like when he lost all five of his star chips uh but it's actually really cool that you actually are able to use star chips now instead of the actual carrying around those lugs of cans of food in your bag now you got to pick them out uh, now you got people arguing over they want the string beans or they want the, the canned beans or the kidney beans or, you know, maybe I want the mashed potatoes or whatever it came down to be. Like, people were always finding some way of, like, making it about what they wanted instead of what the whole idea was supposed to be about. So I think this is a way better way of implementing it. I did like the Star Chips idea. It kind of made me feel like, um, uh, I don't know. It made me feel like the whole event seemed more like the nostalgic uh, Duelist Kingdom arc from the OG Yu-Gi-Oh! series where, like, you had to start off on the boat with two star chips and then you make your way down. So if you wager both of those off the rip and you lose, oh, well, then... But, you know, if you lose, if you bet one and lose, you still got a chance. But, you know, it, it, was, it was a cool event. I thought that it was uh, pretty cool. I wish the prize support was a little bit different. I don't know where everyone else got their prize support. But ours was uh, OTS 18, which had Ulti Zeus, Ulti Dogmatica Ecclesia, and Ulti Fusion Destiny, which all three of them were pulled at our OTS. And we had Legendary Duelist, uh, Duelist of the Deep, and it was just a bad one. 
uh, where you're basically pulling like a three dollar droplet or you bust. So, <laughs> yeah. But did you uh, partake in your local uh, charity event? Um, unfortunately, I cannot say I did. I definitely was not able to make it up to my OTS this weekend. But I mean, honestly, that's super good to hear that like Konami is still doing stuff for the community. I mean, even during like COVID, I think that's when they started the Lost Art promotion to like mm -hmm. help people go to their OTSs yeah. to still get revenue pushed towards OTS, which I don't know. I mean, Konami does a lot of weird stuff, but the one thing I can say is they really do stick by and have really gotten better at sticking by with the OTSs and just helping like out those stock uh, the shops to keep them in like business and i mean i um just remember the dark time of yukio where we had like no shops open and nowhere to really go for a competitive yeah. play and like to see where it is now it's really nice like to see konami kind of like in a way investing a little bit more into their shops and then like you said like back to the community with these type of charity events which again it's just mm -hmm. nice to see with coming from konami so Especially like, because this is only just from one of our OTSs. We're we here at Syracuse, New York, are like kind of almost spoiled and blessed to have multiple OTSs within our you know drivable like I would say 15, 20 minute yeah. like range. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of like variety and a lot of choices when it comes to where to buy cards, where to play, you know, who to click up with, you know, what people are going to be at, what locals and whatnot. Uh, but I, I do sometimes have to remember that this is a blessing and that not all people are blessed with this kind of convenience and it's harder for them to make OTS championships or even something like a locals because it's just maybe like an hour and a half drive to your local, to your local, you know, yeah. nearest one or, you know, just, there's not enough people to play or the, who don't have interest. You might have only three or four people a week. So you may yeah. not even have a local. So like I, I sometimes take that for granted, but we have to make sure that, you know, we don't. No, and we're pretty lucky here as well. We have, like, multiple OTSs. I'm pretty sure two of them have hosted regionals as well. So that's kind of like two hosts for regionals, which yeah, is actually wanna, really nice. Um, drop your OTS. Yeah, names. okay. So um, uh, the first one is Yeti Gaming. We got Yeti Gaming over here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And then we also have Mystic TCG. And big shout out to Mystic. Okay, so do you remember the uncut sheet of Leviathans and Red Eyes that was like Starlight that was going around? Like it was like the Red Eyes one I do recall. Yeah, yeah, it's like Red Eyes Dragoons with Leviathan, and it was like a huge yes. uncut sheet. Okay, that is a Mystic TCG. That's who obtained that uncut sheet. So that's like hanging up in the oh, store. Oh, awesome! So that's if you up. saw that on Twitter, that's who that was. Yeah, they they didn't get enough shout out for that. So Mystic TCG up and coming. They just started up like a year ago. I'd like to say. And they're killing it in Yu-Gi-Oh, but they're, like, actually slaying it in One Piece right now. So if you guys are in the area and want to mm -hmm. check out Mystic TCG, i definitely give them a shout-out. Again, we do have Yeti Gaming. That's where I used to do commentary at. And then we also have Collector Store, and that's uh, Yeti Gaming and Collector Store are the two that actually do, I believe, host the regionals in the area. So, again, we're Yo, pretty lucky awesome. going from, like, zero tournaments of, like, places all at all to kind of, like, having as many as we have obviously the popularity in card games like definitely helped with that but i don't know it's nice seeing that but i don't know it, it does um you do have to remember and it is hard to remember that like there are players out there that don't and like i guess when you stream and you're on youtube you do get reminded that there are people out there that are like man i gotta go to literally buy all my cards online and i can't trade and that kind of it, it sucks because i have a segment that i kind of like asking people especially our guests i've got a big like uh, i would say argument with the local cats as far as the importance of locals and 
I ask competitive players or non-competitive players all the time, even as guests, hey, do you go to locals and do you believe that the locals is an important like part of like the card gaming experience or like should be a part of the card gaming experience? Like, and we've had people come on with such as you know competitive players like Polly Aronson who say that they openly say that they don't go to locals <laughs> not because it's uh, the time commitment or whatever like that, but just because you can get better training for like bigger <laughs> events and stuff like that online playing better duelists than. Uh, the people who may not take the game as serious as you, which makes sense. But like, I think that another aspect of going to locals is, as you said, like card availability, the, the ability to get uh, cards that are useful to you while simultaneously getting rid of cards that aren't useful to you while simultaneously getting the cards you want right then and there and not having to wait for them to be sent out. Correct hoping that the center shunt them out at the right time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, and uh, like I trading stuff is like inherently better. Trading is something I am so sad to see has like dis. I don't know about your locals, but anytime I've gone up to mine, like I don't do it all the time, but like then this is probably half of it is because like, okay, so when I used to be more into the game and like I was doing the streaming up at the Yeti gaming and everything, I was big into trading. I mean, I was not going to spend all that money on those cards. I liked collecting, so I got some nice ultimate rares, some just kind of nice older stuff, and that's all from trading like 10 plus years ago for this stuff. You know, I would have never purchased this for the prices they are now. And like, you speak to players now, and they'll show up to their locals, they don't have a binder, they only have a deck, and then they start complaining about the card prices after they want to pick up a meta deck after it's all gone up in price. And it's like, the simple solution for that is to trade like and i mean it is a trading card game if you take the cards out of the sleeve you flip them over you read it it says a trading card game and people have forgotten that and i mean especially with how you see the prices fluctuate if you would have picked up rescue aces when they were cheap i mean they were cheap i mean turbulences were what less than two dollars or something hydra and like weren't they fives yeah, I, so it's I like, just were like at, at most like ten fifty. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I think they were lower than that, and it's like if you would have picked them up, even a couple extra, you could have started trading them for a much higher value stuff, like whether it be ulti thrusts or whether it be seventy five dollar SP knights that now are in triple digits. It's like the the trading aspect is very much undervalued, especially if you are a budget player. Like if you are a budget player, you need to trade. Like, you need to be trading. Yeah. And especially if you're in a meta that you are not enjoying. If you're in a meta that you know you're like, all right, I'm not going to do well in this. Like, my deck isn't good enough for it. Maybe it just got cycled out. Maybe you're just waiting for the next meta to be a little bit better for you. You should utilize that time into trading for stuff that you know from, like, looking into the OCG that will go up. Because your binder value will go up. And then you can start trading for the cards you need in the future by like acquiring them now. And it's just so important. And like, that's the thing about the secondary market in Yu-Gi-Oh! And you don't, like, you see it in One Piece, you don't see it as much in Pokemon, but like, with how much things fluctuate in Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, these, like, you never see a return like this on your money in a savings account. Like, you're not gonna yeah. put five bucks in a card and see it go up to 50 in, like, two months. Like, that just doesn't happen in, like, like the real world It doesn't world happen money. enough. Yes. Yeah, there are, yeah. Par- there are times where it does well, happen. Well, for Yu-Gi-Oh! Wrong, though, it's like, to, like, but, like, for yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, you'll see these, like, what I mean is, like, in real life or, like, putting your money in a savings account, that won't happen. 
but like if you're in Yu-Gi-Oh and doing like the value for trades like you're gonna see your value actually just exponentially increase and then you can trade that for more stuff that their value is gonna start increasing and then before you know it you actually have like a binder worth several hundred dollars that maybe you just paid like you know 40 bucks into and I just um yeah. like I don't mean to keep harping on it but trading at locals is just something very important Absolutely. Yeah, this uh, so a local right. guy, shout out to Christian Murray, uh, who basically just comes and goes with the meta that he actually likes. Mm -hmm. So he'll pick up a deck, play with it for a while. And then if he doesn't like playing in this meta, he'll just fall back for a bit. And then when he comes back, he's trading these staples. He's up. He's always looking for his stuff, though. Like he's always looking for like the newest staples that come out. So that way he doesn't have to worry about yes. you know, getting them later and whatnot. Even if he's trading older cards for them, he's always able to stay relevant, even when times where he doesn't play necessarily so yeah absolutely looking forward especially in times when you're not playing is i think the best thing you can do looking to formats like doing uh doing what you said and looking at formats like the ocg where you can see what cards are actually coming out in newer sets and what uh combo lines are and, and all that stuff so i think that's actually really really cool and that's something that people should be doing more of but definitely trading holding on to cards that you just feel you have a gut value or sorry you have a gut intuition feeling that this card is going to go up it's just too good of a car like a good example is curry car which was like a five or six dollar secret at, like on release yes empower the elements just because everything else was being highlighted from that set but like it just didn't have its time that format but like i knew for a fact like yo this card is too good to not be utilized at some point in time shape or form in the future and then cashier rise heart came out and boy did we start utilizing it you know so then i shot out from like a five dollar card to like a sixty dollar card yes. so anyone who just sniped them for five six seven eight dollars back in the day just being like all right i know this is a good card i'll get as many as i can now i know i got like six copies at like ten dollars a pop i think at one point in time i just bought them all just because i just bought them yeah. right then and they shot up to 50s a pop and i was like yep this is exactly why you do those things i just think that i took that sixty dollars and i just made 300 you yep. know but it, it, it does happen few and far often so i don't want people to be like oh well i can start making a living vending i no, mean there's some people yeah, who can because you just got that intuition but yeah just i don't think that that's something that happens too uh, often enough for you to like really do it on a consistent ba basis but yeah no and it's trading is definitely where it's at. yeah exactly exactly and like that's the other thing i'm glad you talked about like the kurikara being that low and like holding on to your stuff when it's low like just because everyone else is getting rid of their stuff for cheap doesn't mean you should like i like these cards prices have fluctuated so much even even in the past like my one buddy he used to be a big ultimate rare collector and he did a bunch of collecting the ultimate rares and ended up getting rid of them for like relatively cheap like year like it's been a long 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 time like way before covid you know so whenever covid can't like happen all of our prices just spiked up to insane amounts you know you look back at some of the ultimate rares he had and they're like like what was like ravio ulti first at isn't that like like wasn't that like like a thousand or something yeah. like insane yeah, like some there. crazy at, stuff at least four digits like I knew. literally yeah and it's like he had that and like that's that's what i mean is at the time he got rid of his stuff for a okay prices you know but fraction of it probably. yeah well yeah but ultis way back in the day like some were valued well but the collectability didn't like people just didn't collect it was like you were into the meta you know and like i'm talking yeah. like 10 plus years ago like just just a long time ago like where 
maybe it was, yeah before the yeah. COVID stimulus oh way before yeah so it's like it fucked it all up <laughs> my main uh, point is just because someone else values this card at a certain amount does that not mean that that card's gonna stay that value especially when you're talking about like the secret like flame burge dragon you know that you were like for the uh, snake eye support or the kurikara it's like yeah it's not good now, but over an OCG, you're literally seeing if you're having a cashier and mare match and the player one player has Kirikara, they're like winning that match every time. Yeah, that, like, that game is yeah, over. It's right over. There. Yeah. So it's just it's important to hold on to cards that you really do believe are going to just be good in the future. Too. So But speaking of future, going into some of the things that we've been hearing in the I would say Twitter world. And speaking of tournaments, an old rumor has resurfaced recently with a little bit of tangible details that might spark some interest for some of the competitive players in the community. Duelist Jeff Jones, most people know him in the competitive world and uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! alike. I think he's won like multiple YCSs and UDSs and whatnot. Um, he recently leaked on social media uh, his conversation with a representative, which gives us a little bit of insight. And for those who don't know, this conversation read as followed greetings jeff uh the uds champion we hope this message finds you well we are excited to formally notify you to mark your calendar for the dates of 2 16 24 to 2 18 24 in the forthcoming weeks we will be unveiling more details about an exclusive event that all of our uds champions will be invited to attend as our guests please note that you need to bring your uds belt in order to participate Stay tuned to your email inbox as we will be sending updates with additional information as soon as they become available. We eagerly anticipate your participation and look forward to sharing this exciting news with you. Best regards, Card Business, KDE, US. Meaning, for some people, we might have a Hunger Games type UDS going on. I think Konami might be letting the reins off a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be a Yu-Gi-Oh! Battle Royale. So yeah, exactly. Nice. Fortnite meets Yu-Gi-Oh. Hey, right? man, I'm about that. I'm about that real, <laughs> real big right now. I'll tell you what. So, you know, for sure, like you know, 100. Uh, but for those who don't know uh, what we're talking about, a UDS actually stands for Ultimate Duelist Series, and it's an elite, prestigious dueling tournament series that makes veteran and upcoming competitors alike in a way that no other did. Uh, so most people know things that are two tier two or higher today such as YCSs which are just Yu-Gi-Oh championship series which basically is the best I would say equivalator for uh, UDS but the UDS was very very prestigious it was uh, the I would say pinky out if you will way to play uh, Yu-Gi-Oh because of how just unbelievably competitive it was like you had like the top players of the top players competing with the top players like it was like one percent of like the greatest Yu-Gi-Oh minds are competing for the, the UDS series. And it's so like, did you get an invite to that? Or like, like did, did a player have to get invited into the UDS so, series? Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. So it's it's a point where you can't just go as yeah. like, let's just say I, you, me or you wanted to just go play yeah. in a UDS series. Not A, because they're not around anymore, but B, because yes, they required an invite. Uh, awesome. One of the main differentiators between a UDS and something like a YCS mm -hmm. in order to play is 
or compete in the UDS tournament, you actually needed to be invited there. Gaining your invite was uh, earned through competing the UDS points, which is similarly how like world's points works, where you go to tier two or higher events, regionals, YCSs, yada, yada. And you earn uh, what would be world's points, but it would be UDS points. So they'll, they'll take your name, they'll qualify you, obviously your points go down and whatever. And then you actually, it's not like you go to one regional and you get an invite to worlds. You got your invite, let's say you top 32 and now you get your invite to a UDS. No, you got your points put in and then from the points tally, you got your invites based on how high you scored throughout the, like, the duration of the year yeah. you had to be topping regionals to be getting invites to these things you had to be topping ycs's to be in to be entered to compete at a uds like these were very very prestigious events not just something that nobodies were allowed into not to say that you know we're all nobodies well, but yeah like these are like the highest tiered players like great minds like jesse cotton i, I mean i dare say um, this is a more, more competitive than a ycs at that point you know with the uh, invite system and how it goes i mean that sounds really uh really high end you know like so is this anything to do with the tokyo dome by chance like is this like similar uh to i think that? it's something similar to yeah. it but like i don't know if the tokyo dome is still like a thing anymore but okay. i know uds is actually were discontinued but the prize so i guess support or the uh awards for winning actually hold on with the players until 2025 so i was recently informed that basically if you win a, a uds uh, the, it was supposed to last for forever, but obviously they discontinued it. So because of that, you would now get all of your entry into tier two or higher events is covered. You get a two round buy mm -hmm. and you also get like a UDS cloth mat for winning and then the other prizes and stuff like that. But basically they paid for your entry into all tier two events. So like YCSs you didn't have to pay for. That's why players like Jeff Jones, like Jesse Cotton's always have a two round buy yeah. for their events because they're a uds champions so they forever in perpetuity or at least until 2025 get those benefits so it's way more than just getting like i would say a prize card and like a little trophy like you actually get like oh yeah i mean real, two, two, two round buys at every tournament is actually kind of uh that's a that's really good you know for those like that haven't been to like those types of events like that's where you can almost like play the weird rogue stuff you know what i mean that like will actually mm. sneak up on you and get some wins off or whatever i mean some like i don't know what what do you think of the two round um buy that they get by chance because i've seen a lot of players argue against it and i see a lot of people that just don't mind you know and personally don't mind i yeah. feel like it's something that you've you're complaining about yes. it you're just hating because like it, there are separate events for it like mm -hmm. ots champions uh sometimes have qualifiers for vip qualifiers for it uh certain obviously if you earned your way into uds you Yo. tell me i've i placed Yo. and won the best most competitive high level of uh play that there ever was and i haven't earned a right to go to a regional or like a YCS or some shit like that, or I get the first two rounds. Like, no, like you've earned it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, exactly. They, exactly. I don't mind at all. I think it's, it's not just something that just is given. And it's also like, um, it gives a little bit more, like it will want other players to enter into those events to obtain that same exactly. type of status. You know what I mean? Status. Yeah, exactly. Status, yes. And it's almost like, um, like gank protection like you're not gonna get the random decks knocking you out round one and two because i mean i'll, I'll be honest like we do once you see the best play like 
I don't want to say it that way. That kind of sounds horrible, but it's like, it's really rough when it's like, you know, like you see a player do like that, you know, is going to do well. And he does lose to, lose to some like rogue build or like, let's, let's, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. He just lost to the Exodia guy in the YCS round one. Like that would have been exactly, something, you, you know? know, but I mean, I guess we all could, could see lost that volcanic burn. Yeah. You know, so if they can make it through the UDS and then make it through that tournament that they already got the two, uh, you know, like round wins in, I mean, they still have to progress the rest of the tournament into day two and then into the top cut, which honestly, I mean, that's, that's a lot of work still in any of those tournaments. So I definitely don't mind, but I've seen both sides. Like I just see people on like, you know, X complaining about everything. I mean, they complain about everything on X, so. I mean, yeah, but yeah, Twitter com complains about everything. There are a bunch of babies there. Yeah. I, I don't get involved in like the ongoings of too much of the Twitter world, but I do be seeing what's being said and what's going on and whatnot. That's how I caught the Jeff Jones and, uh, info and whatnot. But yeah, you gotta be on. Yeah, as far as like the VIP status for having two rounds, hey, you earn that. You you, you want to complain about not having one? How about you go out and earn one? And yes. then tell me how uh, bad it is for you to be able to sleep in a because you don't have to be there for the first two rounds yes. because you're not there by 10 o'clock <laughs> you're there by noon meaning you get more sleep so you're more refreshed for dueling and then b you can go get breakfast you can actually go get food and like not have to just wake up cram some continental breakfast down your throat or some mcdonald's or whatever it is right by the venue and then go play cards you actually get to take your time and like enjoy yourself and prepare for the event that you're about to plan and then like not to say that having two free wins is anything but like not playing for i guess an hour and a half because 45 minutes times two would be basically an hour and a half almost two hours you're not playing you're not utilizing your brain you have more stamina you're, you're less fatigued that <laughs> so you're yeah you're, you're less fatigued than most other duelists so I, yeah 100 you get those benefits giving to you and then tell me that it's you know, after you put in the work, obviously. Yeah, and, and on top of that, that, like, they, they have, like, a little more... I'm sure there's also, like, an added extra stress level, too. Like, when you go to an event, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows what you're running. And yeah. everyone's kind of peeping you're around what you're running. You're also in your own section, yeah. too. Yeah, so it's like... You don't play with the commoners. Hey, hey, you know? see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I mean, there's something to be said, like, whenever you're dealing with that type of extra added like stress when you go to events because they are creators themselves you know they content create and they you know are tweeting out constantly every other like in between rounds like their you know rounds what's going on so i mean they they got added stuff at the tournament rather than just going to play as well you know i mean they're there mm -hmm. for business on top of fun so yeah imagine like being like someone like jeff jones or even jesse cotton who actually as to all of our examples mm -hmm. is a uds winner as well as a content creator now and trying to maintain his card shop business and trying to maintain his sponsors and whatnot and trying to go to all these events. And not only do you have to crank out content for people to, you know, enjoy and not only enjoy, but gain something from because you're obviously the world's probably best player like in the game. Uh, and like now you're held to such a high standard, like they put you on such a high pedestal that like they want all this information from you. I want to, what's the next, next thing I got a net deck, you know what I'm saying? So to have all that stress on there i understand why some people don't do both like just do content creating or just be a competitive player just because to be a competitive player you have to inherently not do content because yep. doing content would get rid of your competitive edge knowing what's being utilized knowing the tech cards to implement 
knowing the lines of play that your opponents aren't even thinking about yet but have access to you know what i'm saying all that gives you the competitive edge and if you're going ahead and blabbing about it four or five times a week you're people and especially if you're someone of a higher level yes. someone like pack or something like that you're giving away your sauce not only to people who you might play against but to your other opponents like yeah. other people who are going to be like damn i didn't think about that let me implement that and try to amplify that in a better way you know what i'm saying so yeah it's it's a, a, a weird balance that you got to have so when people don't give their whole goo or when they give like half deck profiles or like profiles without the side deck or maybe a card or two is missing from the extra deck or main deck because they don't want people to know what they're on i definitely do fuck with that because like that's them having to keep their competitive edge but at the same point in time i do want to know like what that goo is and <laughs> so i feel like if you're gonna drop the the content or give us that you should probably include that with it like if you're going to give us the content give us all the content not just censored or like sponsored content yeah no i've i've always been slightly disappointed with the uh half like with the like the missing card profiles that's definitely something that's been newer than like popping up you know like oh I'm, i'll sell you my deck yeah. list or i'll sell you my for Fortnite. there's like the drop spots you can sell off you know just, just yeah, that's right? like the yeah, new thing crazy. man like they're just like selling off they're like Ideas, people just want to buy know. things yeah now. i don't understand they don't want to go hey, out they don't want to trade actually. they don't want to trade you know like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah big facts right 80 percent value right yeah i don't yeah. got a trade binder yeah so they're it, it's going <laughs> but i mean it's it, it is like you said like to be expected whenever they're at that level it's still just disappointing when like everyone starts doing it and you're like like looking at a normal deck profile from some guy who just won the locals and he's like i'm not giving you half my deck it's like probably just one of locals but you know it's yeah, just big facts. Yeah. yeah like for real yeah. this was a, a 10 person locals dog yeah like, yeah but you're, you're playing generators that's, that's what, what i mean say, so it's like in that point it's like okay maybe, maybe not to those degrees but um i don't know i just want to give definitely shout out because like fucking jesse cotton bro like he's a beast like that that dude's yeah. a beast man he's been yeah he's been killing it and then um i thought i was gonna say something else i cannot remember what i was gonna say but oh yeah those tournaments Oh, no, the other thing too is like i don't think some players really understand like the mental and physical fortitude you have to have to make it through like a two-day event and like not just make it through but like to, to win one of those i mean that's that's a lot you know i mean we've all worked we've all had long long shifts i'm sure at our jobs and they're annoying but dare i say you know there's a lot more stress sometimes that goes on at like like some of those events than like a shift at a job you know what i mean like i guess it really depends the job you know paramedics uh yeah you guys got it but you know yeah, I mean, no, there's a definitely fans. like you gotta be resilient when you go to one of those big events so definitely takes a lot i mean even something like this like how the battle royale of uds winners might go down like i think mm -hmm. this I, this is something that even me is like i would consider myself a competitive player but that's i only have the heart of a competitor obviously i i don't compete at the I highest levels that. like obviously like jeff jones and stuff like that but i'm i'm pretty hyped for this like if they air this like these uds's used to be aired and streamed and stuff like that and like people can see exactly like the greatest minds playing the deck like what did this person bring why did they bring it what did they implement that's going to they that they think might counter another deck like what is this deck strategy how consistent is it like does it do it every single time like are there, is it losing to this like to have like the highest minds in the game hyper focused on like format driven cards because like some people don't know like when you're going to like something like ycs you're deck building not to play the tournament but to play the top cut you almost have to like imagine that you're out of 
the the 11 rounds beforehand and you're now in the top yeah. 32 or top 64 or whatever it is because that's where the real competition happens that's where it kicks up to that next level yeah so like yeah you might play the weather painter guy in round one and then you might play the runic player in round two but with like when you start getting to the top cut that's what your side deck is and like your main deck concept is supposed to like utilize or help beat the meta absolutely so absolutely and like there's yeah, something so to even have said, that like with like having a side deck because like if you side deck only for the beginning and you make it to the end and you lose you just wasted all that time and just to lose exactly yeah so. there's so many people who bubble or don't make day two but don't make the top cup because mm -hmm. they weren't ready for the last couple of rounds that they were going to face which is the meta yes so i think that there is a difference between the two but Things like the UDS, I think are it's oh. I'm really really am for it. Oh, this is something, especially getting because you have to have like your UDS belt. Like yes. imagine because like at UCS, a YCS is they give you prize cards and whatnot. Yeah, it's cool to get a trophy, but this one you get a, like an actual belt. And for people who don't know, I'm I'm probably gonna drop on our IG like a picture of this belt when the time comes more in February. But like these belts were really really cool for those who are like WWE fans. Like they're basically the same thing. Like. It says UDS champion on it. It's got the whole logo. And uh, I'm pretty sure it says the date of the, the, the tournament on this. So you know exactly where it's won. And the fact that you got to bring that belt yes. to the event, ugh, that makes it feel like they're going to have like a belt match well, or something like that. You're, you're, they're having starships for off. real. So I think that, I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You yeah. might have to go buy it back just yeah. to compete, you know? Yeah, this might put a spike for the UDS belt. So are we seeing a, a secondhand flux on the market yep we're seeing a belt brand. buyout <laughs> yeah for a belt buyout this ain't no gucci here but it's probably worth just as much at this point i mean hey i think we can all say we would love to have that seal of aurora calcos belt okay like so, yeah 100 yeah. yeah those are just ugh, even that mat is just so oh. nice and crisp and clean like, really really nice a player uh, shout out to matt palatier one of the sponsored duelists for the semi-limited podcast he actually has one of those uds Ooh. uh sorry you yeah the uds mats and it's this is gorgeous. This is beautiful. Anytime he brings it out, I'm just like, all right, this is, I see why you played a pretty penny for this. This is really, really nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, just, just. But before we go into the last segment of the, speaking of belts and prize cards, what would you think you'd rather, if you had the same benefits as far as like winning a YCS and then from that point forward, you get a two round buy, you get all of your YCS entries for free, yada, yada. But at the end of it, you either got a prize card that, is only made once a year or a uds belt that's only made once per event what do you feel like you kind of were uh leaning towards because like some people like moving the prize card but would you really move a uds belt you know what i'm saying and if so what do you think it would go for um so the belt especially now i mean again it's one of those things where it's like i feel like people sometimes sell off their stuff a little bit lower because they're just trying to make that that profit or then get that money back but i think the belt is i mean god i i don't know what i would put a price on it i mean it's something i would say like someone's not giving me like several hundreds if not a thousand i don't know if that's even worth it you're getting like you said yeah time, you, think, you think it would hit like, a K? yeah oh I was I if it doesn't that's because people value their stuff too less and that's not my problem you know like i wouldn't sell my i would want to first off i would want a belt if it's between that and like one of these new prize cards i'd want a belt but you're talking about time back at events like you like you said you're getting time given to you this is the real world we don't get that back to us okay so you get time you get sleep you get focus you get food you know like the, you get the two round buy at the events like that is worth a lot of money in my like you know uh opinion 
But on top of that, like, the belt itself is just really sick. Especially when, like you said, like, it's like there's, like, the one, like, or there's, like, the Seal of Orakalkos belt, and there's, like, this other belt. It's, like, they're very unique, you know? And with what they give the player, I can understand why all the pros want the belt. Now, I also played when Crush Card Virus was around. So a Crush Card mm. Virus prize card... It's really hard to say if that was the only way to get something like Crush Card, I wouldn't take it if I was going to be playing in the future. Because, like, having that Crush Card until it got, like, you know, put in that Gold Series, those players had an insane advantage. And it wasn't a two-round advantage. Yeah. They're going in to the Gold finals Sark, with... Crush Cards, Minerva. Yeah, man, with that Crush Card. So it's like, if it was Crush Card versus a belt, I might go Crush Card. Or Cybersign versus a belt, I'm gonna go Cybersign. But if it's literally like the Netherworld Dragon or whatever this thing is, I mean, it's cool. Or Netherverse Dragon, or I know we're onto the new one, but it's like those guys are cool. But unless like Konami makes like a structure that giving it support or something, like, I mean, it's going belt <laughs> all the time. It's going belt 100%. So easy. No, I can understand that. Yeah, unless they make another blue eye support that this supports yeah. like level eight vanilla monsters that are w made from YCS winners. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see that those prize cards doing well, but it's funny you say that because a lot of the competitive players, uh, mm -hmm. we have Eric Christensen in our local, uh, uh, for those who don't know, he's just another really high competitive um, player. And he is one of those people, because I had the same opinion where I just didn't like these new prize cards, but he had the opinion that these prize cards were great. And he actually liked that the fact that these are now vanillas do nothing prize cards because of the same thing that you just said like it does give you a crazy unfair advantage having access to a card yes. that is only available seven times a year you know yeah. what i'm saying so like a card like crush card a card like minerva a card like chaos emperor dragon you know what i'm saying having access to all these cards before everyone else does just because you topped an event yes is insane and that also makes the market value for it goes up so you're not only you're playing the market value but you're also playing the meta because of the strength of these prize cards which are only earned from people who are supposed to be the ones playing them uh but they wind up selling it off to like these you know, other players who you know do yep. scandalous shit with it but like cards like blood mathis like that's just a card you'll never see again in another like reprint set or something like that hopefully we we do but i don't think we will but to get something like that, I think I wouldn't. I would exactly. take the card, and I think I don't think I'd sell it. I don't think I'd sell either the first one of either if I won. If I won a prize card, I don't think I'd sell it the first one. I'd probably eat the, every other one I won after that. But I think I'd keep my first one. And the same with the UDS belt. If I won any more, I guess I'd sell them off oh, or like yeah, you know yeah. move them or something like that. Or but the first one, I don't think I would go anywhere. I think you I'd don't want to place it, it man. But, but the place, <laughs> yeah, place that abouts. I'm gonna put oh, all three of them, like one on my waist and two on my biceps. Hey, you know man. I am the UDS champion boss. I mean, monster. even just the another verse dragon, just a place that sounds nice, you know. But I, I, I'm still hoping Konami's gonna, Usually, like, you know, it's gonna spell card to summon multiple from the deck or something, you know. Something. Yeah, but say something like that. Usually it's like a one of extra deck monster that's not too crazy, like yeah. Diablosis uh, Dia or something like that, mm -hmm. which eventually had a whole deck made around it. Shout out to yeah. Castier, I love him. Yeah. R.I.P. My nigga Riseheart. So, uh, but, <laughs> but going into like the last segment today, because I don't want to take up all your time uh, for you guys uh, listening. Uh, we have one more segment. It's an oldie but a goodie. I like doing it. But while we got my man Ventral here, I wanted to do a segment called 
3-2-1 band. So some of the old supporters and uh, listeners to the podcast probably know exactly what it is. In this segment, both of us are going to be listing cards uh, for basically the order of 3-2-1, and then we're going to go for a band card. So that means we're going to go three cards that can go to three copies, whether it be from 0 to 3, 1 to 3, or 2 to 3. Then we're going to list two cards that can be semi-limited, whether it's peeling back something from 3-2-2 and then maybe taking something off from like band or one and putting it to two just to test the waters. Then we have one card that can either go to one or come back to one. And then everyone's going to list one card that should be banned that is currently not in our form. That is not banned, but within our format right now. So with those stipulations, I'm going to let our guest go first with his 3-2-1. And then I will follow behind that with my 3-2-1 ban as well. So uh, do I got to start with three? Yes, yeah, so you're going to do three band. cards that should... Should uh, well, or you can do that too, like reverse all right, order. all right, band yeah, and then yeah. Three, one, two, okay, because it's spicy. So, first off, band, mm-hmm. I don't really, I mean, it's hard for me to say, but I guess band, everyone hates eradicator epidemic virus. I'm not a big fan of it, and I think it could go. I think it could, honestly, yeah. So, eradicator, band, all right, one cards that could go to one. I want to see redox going back to one, and I think we will. Um, for two twos, all right? So two, going to two. I would like to see Naturia. It was like the tree, like the tree trap that like when it's set to the graveyard. Oh, Sacred Tree. Sacred oh, yeah, man. They okay, got, they got hurt, man. That's a good one. No, that's Kills a good one. People stop trees, playing the man. deck entirely. Yeah, let's go back one. to two. Number two, for two, Pinker Tops. Come on. We had Fenrir at three for so long. Give us pink. You know, we need pink mm-hmm. at two at least. Uh, three to three. Three to three. Uh, Mind Control. Please. Three? Yes? Okay, cool. I'm glad okay, we all I agree. agree with that. I agree uh, with number that. three. Maxi. I want Maxi. Oh my god, this guy. And I Maxi also want Mystic Mind at three, please. Oh, no. oh yes. Oh, no. Yes, same format, baby. Oh no, Shadows. I was such a fan. All right, guys, that's the episode. This has been Player X. <laughs> Yes. Oh no, Mystic Mine at three. You're really ready for that format oh, again? Oh, bro, I love it all. It was a menace, but it was that one, didn't it? Get I hit played. One? I don't think so. I think it's straight. Was there only played zero. one? Yeah. No, they don't oh, just no. go straight to ban. Damn, yeah, I just went straight to ban. One, but... Yeah, they just teched one in striker, just kind of went in, and people didn't play back rows, even though we got an eight million. But it's okay. Okay. That's crazy. No, I always respected it, and I always had the back row ready to go. I keep that back row on the hip, baby. You know, we stay strapped. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And then, uh, what's your argument for Maxi? Because like, I, I personally only are because I don't take the Maxi argument because I wasn't around. My justification is if I never was in a format where Maxi was legal and I didn't feel the repercussions of activating Maxi, then I got no opinion on the matter. So whatever I say, whether it be for three, one, two, who gives a fuck, band stand, like I don't have an opinion because I wasn't around for it. Yeah, I can give a, a justified or educated guess, but I don't have that experience. So, what did you uh, actually play in a maxi format? Oh, yeah. you actually all right. So, you have some sort of like battle scars from this card, but you think that it can still come off. Um, what's your justification? Okay, so first off, I am pro it's probably just biased. Like, I love maxi, I've love maxing people it feels awesome drawing cards okay but for the justification okay so right now with Yu-Gi-Oh, and i think we were coming to explain this like how tcg handles things a little bit differently than ocg we really like to have all gas no break 
you know? And I think a lot of our decks just kind of, it, it's, uh, I think newer Yu-Gi-Oh is like coding. <laughs> a, like, a, like it's like old Yu-Gi-Oh felt like chess. It's like back and forth. You're like baiting out traps and stuff. New Yu-Gi-Oh is like we're coding machines to kill each other. I don't know if you ever saw like that battle robot show with like the robots that would fight yeah. each other. That's what it reminds me of now. It's like these, you got these two polished machines that are like, perfectly coded this many starters these follow-ups and stuff and then they work so beautifully and it's almost like i don't want to say flawlessly because there's the back and forth you got the hand trap baits you got the tactics and everything like that and that's kind of like the new like reading yeah, and like yeah, yeah yeah it's like the new version of Yu-Gi-Oh, and it's cool but i feel like maxi just adds that extra layer of like a like lesser decks that don't special summon like our trap decks and stuff like that rather they labyrinth out lich anything like that just kind of like slower builds have a lot more resource gain and then it is like just kind of a a slap against like the uh, board building decks like the combo oriented decks which will still play maxi and then i think there's a lot to be yeah, said that's what i'm saying like is they're also going to be playing so it's not like you're yeah. hindering one to benefit no, the other no everyone's no definitely just getting yeah benefited. everyone's gonna have it and i don't and you're like just people... taking the governor off and like letting the speed no, i feel like that. go like slightly more increase as the game goes on like correct and but i do believe like like for instance like the, but those trap builds like the slower builds don't get like if they get max seed, it doesn't hurt them as bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but obviously like because you're at the, yeah. So now you're trying to bait the influence of the format by people to for people to play more back row, just so that way they don't. Well, get max it's just seed one of the I reasons. Just, like, but I, I understand. Like I said, like I understand why no. people don't want it. Like absolutely, <laughs> like get it. But I think like, again, it's just like right now. There's no time in Yu-Gi-Oh to like not keep going unless like. It's not like you're going to get Mirror Force or Trenchfield anymore. Like, the biggest thing is, like, Nibiru. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, get out the negate before the Nibiru. But I'm going to draw just... the Nibiru now because <laughs> of the Maxi. Ex well, yes, <laughs> now, exactly. Now I'm drawing it. I didn't but, see it that No, 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 card. for sure. But that's, that's, like a, but that's the point, though, is it's like right now I'm pretty sure if you go second you and you're, like, playing a card at three, it's like, what is it, like, 33% that you're going to, like, open it or something with, like, a five-card hand. And something with like the six-card, I think it's up to, like, 40. And then, like, yeah, the Maxi definitely makes it where you're going to be seeing those hand traps more going second. And it's just hard because it's like you, a lot of players are like, oh, it's good, like, for going second players. And then you have the people like, well, I go first, bring out a board and have Maxi in hand. So it's really hard to just argue a thousand percent, like, be like, oh, it's just perfect for the format. It is. It's hard That's to argue. Crazy. But I do believe, you're like, Maxi the three -er. <laughs> I, I, I love the card and I love seeing every like when players just want to slap down an entire hand that they have a little you know repercussion going on there. all right chat you know what to do <laughs> yes <laughs> uh i think i i will go because like i said i don't have an opinion i don't judge anyone off their opinion i just like telling people this you know stand on basically what they believe in and at least have some sort of like mindset behind their i would say outlooked opinions but I personally don't have a, a foot in that battle, but a good friend of mine once said, who did play back then, yes. and I do respect his opinion, he once said that toxicity in the format should not be fought with more toxicity. Yeah. So, and, it's a good and, one. I like that. I, and, I, and that resonated with me. And yes. I was like, he also, this is another person who actually is an advocate for cards like Droll and Lancia to also mm -hmm. be banned and taken off oh, the game because no. they're turn worthy they're turn lasting cards he like he said there shouldn't be a card in the game that lasts for a turn 
and I think that all those cards should be taken out. And I agree. And his his viewpoint was toxicity should not be having. You should not have to fight toxicity with more toxicity. And it kind of resonated with me. And that's what my argument is for Maxi to three. It's just like I don't feel as though we need like we we don't even need half the cards that are printed right now to do what they do. And I don't think Maxi is going to help that. I do understand people want to like bolster going second or like put more cards in for going second, but. You can do things like yeah, that's the mind control to three, right? Better going that's, that's what that is. is. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I agree with I agree with a bunch of your points. Like I do think that um, Eradicator. I once called for Eradicator to be banned. I think I don't fall on that anymore. It's if you get Eradicator, you get Eradicator. Yeah, it doesn't like, need you. I just couldn't think of a better you know one right now. But I yeah. do. But I do agree with like that is the toxicity. We've seen that card played on live Konami feeds multiple times, and anytime it's resolved, the other person scoops without question like the, the match is over it's very very like you know dull unexciting you know it's not stimulating like you didn't really skillfully win you just ripped all the fucking cards out of your opponent's hand like oh yeah just having a dark 3000 monster is so skillful you know what i'm saying so that i can i can call for it uh i do agree with the panker tops i think that's on my list as well uh and so it's like there's like a bunch that i was i was kind of for so I think if I were to give my list, I would go from th going to three. I would have Potted Desires because if people want to Potted Desires and the Desires, that's it. that's their prerogative. Yes. You know what I'm saying? If, if we have Pot of Prosperity at three, which is a inherently better card. So mm -hmm. if they if niggas want to banish 10 and, and go negative 12, that's on them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, time Seal is currently at one, I think, and it just to three no one's even playing it a one who's if labyrinth isn't playing it then we don't need to fear any trap yeah. card you know what i'm saying that shit can go to three and i was an advocate for heart pour at one but now that nigga needs to come to three because who cares anymore like we're in a format where if you're trying to set up orcus combo i i would laugh in your face like i don't even respect orcus right now so let's at least see what they can do you, you, you already brought striker back to like fucking full power plus if i see another goddamn striker card get announced for the next year i'm gonna like gauze my eyes out uh but so for that give harpoor back to three like you don't even gotta make a new orcus card just give them give them niggas back three you know what i'm saying three harpoors and then uh Going to two, I, I had Panker Tops. We had it at one. I remember a format when we had Panker Tops at three, and it was a staple in every side deck. And I was just like, that, all right, when you're making a side deck, the first three cards you put in are Panker Tops because you never know when you're going to have to go second. Yep. And it's just a crazy card how it's not once per turn. And it, uh, well, the summon isn't, but the, the effect is just crazy how it's a quick effect. It's a big-ass body, and it's inherently really good. But we also have Fenrir in the body. Or, sorry, we also have Fenrir in the game right now, and that's probably yeah. a better card oh, wait, day, yeah. all around you know what i'm saying and that's at three so fuck it if they're gonna hit um if they're gonna hit unicorn to two and leave fenrir at three then we can get panker tops at two right like once again let's advocate for these going second decks i'll give them that who, who cares if you have to deal with the fenrir and the fucking panker tops all right then it's just what it is like sorry guy gg your board and i also had going to two cyframe gear gamma in the same aspect of all right let's get these going second player something i never didn't think shit, it should go to one i thought that it should go to two yeah it was a little rough going to one. just to, that was a little yeah rough. what going to one is the same way that's in the ocg where people just aren't going to play well some some fucking crazy maniacs are playing that shit at one in the ocg but 
Konami was just like, all right, guys, you guys need to chill with that shit. Everyone was fucking playing Gamma. Uh, there was a whole bunch of other hand traps and staples that were being played, and Konami was like, yeah, you guys get to cool out with that. You can play it at one, or you cannot play it. This is going to stay a side frame card, not yes. a, whatever we want to go. But yeah, going second, I would give them that I'm going to two. If you want to play the second one and risk the percentage of seeing it just for the advantage of you know negating and destroying a monster in the field or whatever, then yeah, whatever. I'll give it to you. Uh, and then going to one... I got my nigga Riseheart, you know what I'm saying? R.I.P. the real one, he can come back. He's the gatekeeper, keep all these other lower decks out. Uh, all my people know what I what I fall with, but you know, I'm just playing obviously. But uh, in my heart, I want it to be a Riseheart. But obviously, I think if I'm going to go in a direction, I usually wouldn't, I think that Ronin Tonin could go to one. I think with Elf being gone and Sprite not being too much of a threat, that having Recursion on a second turn, and you're now forced to play the Swap Frogs again with the only advantage being that you're getting the Ronin. And then now, uh, not as easy of a way to get to uh, Toad Recursion with the Elf being gone. Like, if you can't deal with one Toad, that's just on you guys. So Ronin, I think Ronin can come back to one, let the Sprite players have some fun. Uh, but that's just me. And then band i had crimson dragon was shockingly just because i think that that is the enabler for all of these fucking degenerate shits that's going on like it, there's a bunch of cards that probably should be on this lock like was it lava or acid golem and all the other fucking floodgate ass monsters that just say hey you're not playing Yu-Gi-Oh. but crimson dragon just being able to tag out into anything for just having the level on the field is just like a little ignorant tagging out into things like calamities on your opponent's turn into things like uh, Dispater and Barone and all this shit, like all these cards that you're going into on your opponent's turn, especially the ones that have locks, it's just, we don't need that shit. That's just, why are we enabling that? Yeah, a lot of that it's stuff just, just like, wasn't available shit. back then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, or it was hard enough to do it to get to it instead of just yeah, like make, it ten, make a Synchro 12 and pass, or you know what I'm saying? Like crazy. Uh, but that was my list, and I don't know if you agreed. I, I was going to advocate for banning Little Knights because I think that it's super, super strong. I, I, we ban cards that warp formats all the time, like uh, Christian Halka Firebrax when that was played in every deck when people were going for that combo. Like now everything is tutoring into SP Little Knight, things yep. like IP Mascarena, even like that one uh, new card that Link One that only you can Link Summon in Main Phase Two. I don't remember what it's called. It's like a twin oh. and they're like a bunch of spell casters. It's yeah. like an ultra print, but it just went up to like 10 bucks because it makes, it uses one normal summoner set monster and it makes IP, sorry, it makes SP on your turn in main phase two by using mm -hmm. an extract monster. So you get the extra banish okay. after you just attacked. So yeah. it's like now we're warping our extra decks just to cater to this night. Not to say that it's, not ban worthy i don't think they will ban it it's very very new and shit like that that hasn't stopped them before but it is very very new so if we're gonna hit something i would just say crimson dragon but i i would be on the side for i think advocating for sp's banning but that's just me oh i feel that sp uh, little knights one of those cards that definitely like you said has like warped the meta which is kind of like the cards that deserve to be banning if, if anything and i like i mean it's kind of nuts seeing how they play it with the uh the baron as well because it doesn't even have to hit the opponent's card you just banish it in the baron and it comes back with the baron with well, the and then use the effects yeah it's kind of wild but um so arise to uh, you said arise to one or the substance 
A rise. I said, well, okay. I, I want a rise heart to be one, <laughs> but oh, realistically, that's just okay. that's just for hey, that's hey. just for the locals. They don't. Yeah, you, got, you woke up uh, and chose violence like me. I like nah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love, I love cash tier format. It was, just, I'll go back to playing that. But can we put that down in like time wizard format? Just cash tier format. Yeah. But yeah, if, I, if I'm going realistically, I think that Ronin Totem could come back to one, and I don't think it would be that big a deal. No, I agree. I, I definitely do miss the Ronin Totem, and uh, time suit of three is something I definitely think we'll we will be seeing because it's like if time if you. If getting time sealed lost you the game, something else. Yeah, something went happened. Something yeah, bad something happened. Else happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's where 100%. I'm at on that. I like your list. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. That's a skill issue there, guy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I hope you, uh, you guys all enjoying that. We are starting to run out of life points, uh, but I just wanted to thank our guests one more time for coming on. And as you guys all know. You guys can catch his YouTube link down in the description box below. And along down there will be linked our Linktree link, which you guys can click on and start following all of our social sites. So that way you can be a part of the semi-limited podcast community or semi-limited ink community, however you guys want to look at it. And you guys can also be updated with all of the giveaways and stuff that we have going on. Be sure to shout out. Oh, sorry. We are short. Ah, we are sure to shout out Unplug Gaming at Un Manliest New York for uh, sponsoring the podcast. Be sure to go join their Discord, which will also be down in that description box. Uh, you can join there and be a part of all the TCGs that they got there. And if you show up in store, be sure to tell them that the Semi-Limited Podcast has sent you out there, and they'll be sure to hook you up with some offers on your order. Uh, top of that, be sure to catch Brad, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect, streaming on 11 p.m. Easter Standard Time on Twitch. You can catch that link down in the description box below on our link tree. It's right above ours. You'll see it. It'll have his own little name on and tag on there. But you can catch him. He'll be doing deck theories, deck building. Uh, and like I said, we'll be giving him that box of Valiant Smashers. So that way you guys can uh, go join his stream. And I'll have him figure out a way how to give it to one of you guys. And you guys can go get yourself a box for just supporting the podcast and the endeavors that we got going on. So... Once again, find out how to go do that on the Twitch on Saturday nights, this Saturday going on. Uh, along with that, one last reminder for the live recording. If you would like to be a part of the podcast and hear yourself on an episode, you can be sure to join our Discord, which is also in that link tree link down below. You'll click it and then say join Discord. You'll be having to click that invite that I just made sure that everyone has access to. And you will be able to join the Discord and you'll see a section on the vocals that says semi-limited live where you'll join. We'll have a panel of people up there for you of past guests who've been on the podcast where you can ask your questions uh maybe you got some lines of play you might want to need questioning out maybe a tech card for your deck deck doctor uh whatever you guys want to do we'll talk it out there we'll have some topics to talk about as well but you can get yourself a part of it and this is my way to give back to you guys as the last episode that we will be dropping for the 2023 year uh, so that will be december 15th which is a friday at 8 p.m uh, eastern standard time so east coast of the united states so you guys can go drop in there and be a part of the semi-limited podcast yourself uh, i'd like to once again thank our guest vengeful shadows for coming in and uh basically tearing up the the panel for us like we definitely killed it and i, I enjoyed the conversation uh, i don't know about the maxi to three but we will have to we'll have to sway his thoughts the other way but uh is there any yes. last thoughts or anything like that about the episode or anything you want to get off your mind any shout outs you guys want to say one more time hey man i just want to say this has been really fun semi-limited man like you are classy this is really classy um i'm definitely 
look forward to see uh, what you have for the future because I know you're going to kill it no matter what. I definitely, again, wanted to give a shout out to the uh, just everyone who does uh, come in and check out the channel. I do appreciate everyone who's just, you know, keeping the vibes positive. All my friends, uh, again, Mr. Kodak, uh, he just real, really killing it in the community. And then my buddy who does the thumbnails, just everything, you know, that I need. He is just the best. Thug314, he's the best. Again, just huge shout out to him. And again, man, thank you so much for having me on. It, it is, uh, this has been awesome. Absolutely, and we'd love to have you on again. Maybe uh, if you're not doing anything December 15th, while well, we have the rest hey. of our panels, you can come through and uh, be a part of that as well. And uh, we thank you for coming on and having fun, and we'd love to do it again. If you Also, if you need any content or like that, you guys want to collab on something like that, feel free to reach out. You're now part of the semi-limited family where we help everyone out, no matter how big, no matter how small. If we can help out, we're going to be there. So if you ever need anything, things to raffle off, merchandise, uh, cards for giveaways or whatever like that you be sure to let us know and we will be on it like i would say rice hard on the ban list you know yeah. you're Let's awesome just, uh, <laughs> we'll awesome. help where we can but uh you know we just want to make sure that we extend our our thoughts and you know support so hey, thank you so much man you're, you're yeah but with that being said guys we just wanted to give you guys something to, to think about uh before we start uh getting into the next year like i said this is the last episode you guys will be hearing so join us live december 15th for the next live event which will be friday uh at 8 p.m and you guys can get yourself on the episode as well so we are gone i am player x and you have been listening to the semi-limited podcast thank you and good night